Yeah. It's, so tell me about your journey. So obviously, like Karina, your fertility was affected yeah. thanks to the gift that is cancer. Yeah. Um, so what was your story? What were you diagnosed with? And when was that? So it was actually the same time as Karina. It was 2013. And um, myself and my husband had got married a couple of years earlier and we were trying for a family. And um, I was basically bleeding when we were having sex. And so I went to the doctors and they... Um, like they sort of um, had a look and just said um, that we think there's a polyp growing on your cervix. Um, it looks quite large. We better get it sort of seen to. We can get that removed and then you can sort of carry on your merry way. Um, but then when it was, when I went in for quite a small, what was supposed to be quite a small operation to just remove this polyp, it turned out that it wasn't a polyp. Um, and they came back. I remember, like, remember, sort of them cut the the doctor coming back into the room, and just saying um, it wasn't a polyp, um, and just but we're sending it off for tests. What, yeah. what it was, it's not looking good. And and then sort of at that point, everything just seemed to sort of snowball. You know, did you have a gut instinct that it was something, or were you? you know feeling quite relaxed at this point I think I was feeling quite relaxed because I had had a cervical smear that had come back like fine um, less than a year previous mm -hmm. so it just didn't even occur to me that it could be um that to be honest I, I'd always worried it like breast cancer was something I'd always really worried about I'd always was always checking my boobs and I'd gone into sort of all different sort of things it was something that was totally on my radar cervical cancer because I was getting the smears just didn't think that it was ever going to be a problem so it did I mean yeah it didn't really didn't even didn't think for one minute it was going to be anything other than just the polyps so then you were diagnosed and then were you able then to harvest eggs or yes yeah, so basically they said um you know, if we want to get rid of this, we can get rid of it. Look, you know, luckily it's in a part of your body that you don't need to. There'll be one second. Can you get my headphones? Can you get my headphones by the toaster, April? Sorry, I, somebody's just said that we've got uh, feedback. Oh. So it might be coming from me. Okay. So I'm just going to try my headphones. Sorry, guys, if this is really annoying for on the sound front. Um, how do I connect them? I'll just see if that, if that works. Sorry, so you were saying that, so you you got the results back? Yeah, so I got the results back and the consultant said to me, um, yeah, like, luckily it's something that we can cut out um, and you don't need that part of your body to survive. So we can, we can get um, I'll just put them in. Sorry. Hopefully that's better, maybe, for everybody. That's better for me. I'm not oh, getting okay. Feedback. Yeah. Okay, good. So, yeah. So, basically, yeah. He said, we can cut that out. It, you don't need your uterus to live. Um, and then, you know, if you want to sort of look at having children, there are other ways that you can do it these days. Um, this book about adoption um, and then obvious, and then offered me um, and then said, you know, you can have your eggs harvested as well. So mm. at the time, to be honest, it was just, it was completely secondary though to the cancer. And, right. you know, all I wanted, 
although I really did want to be a mum and we were trying for a family at, at the time, um, just getting through the cancer was, was the sort of the main concern. But as soon as I had my, um, what, what was a radical hysterectomy, Mm. Um, and I'd recovered from that. I then um, went through IVF and very shortly afterwards then had my ovaries removed because they said, um, you know, if you have your ovaries removed, that's another three or 4% chance that it, it won't reoccur. I don't think looking back at it now, I'm not sure that actually um, many people with the sort of staging that I had would have had do have their ovaries removed like mm. since then i've gone to group i've gone to sort of groups where people have said with the same staging as me that they didn't have them removed um but i just think i was particularly anxious and mm. so i think if they'd said you know we'll take your fingers we'll take your toes i'd have gone right yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny isn't it when you're sort of in the eye of the storm like yeah. that you just you you just you trust your doctors, don't you? And all your team around you, and you've just got to go with it, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So, how, how old were you? Sorry, at the time, I was thirty-one. Thirty-one. God, it's yeah. so young. And did you have any family history then, or or not? Like, was it on your radar or not at all? There's there's a, there's a family history of cancer, um, not cervical cancer, but it seems like my dad's side is cancer, my mum's side is dementia, so. <laughs> It's like you're gonna get one of them. That's a shit sandwich, isn't <laughs> it? Is oh my god! Yeah. So at the moment, yeah. I mean, at the moment, it's definitely there's, there's my dad has had um, cancer, like Touchwood, thankfully, again, caught early, and yeah. you know he's around to tell the tale. But um, you know, both my grandparents on his side yeah. died with cancer. Wow. Um, so yeah, there was quite a lot of it. So in there the is quite a bit of it. Yeah. Karina is just saying she sent a request. Um, Karina, I haven't seen anything come up, so I'm I just don't know how to I'll see if I can if I can invite you. Sorry, this is um, sent. Let's see. I think I've just sent something to you. Whether that works or not. So what was the what was the first step then? So so you've gone through all your treatments, and and then you thought. But I still want to be a mum and what were your options at this point so I guess that's the point where you know they they, they talk to you about yes you know surrogacy is, is is a possibility but then whenever you asked anybody you know the consultants or the nurses nobody really seemed to know anything more so that mm. very, that much was that bit was very much left to myself and I think like a lot of people who in sort of my position obviously then go to sort of Google um the first thing that came up was the surrogacy agencies so I looked through them like started to read those those pages um and saw very quickly that their their books were closed to new members um I started reading forums where people were saying that they'd been you know part of the agencies now for a while and that nothing that they still weren't parents so I just I remember just thinking that was a few months after I'd finished treatment and I remember just sort of closing the laptop down and just thinking I can't just, cope with this at the moment um mm -hmm. this is just too much and then it wasn't probably for another few months later I actually just randomly was on Facebook one night and just thought you know there's groups for everything these yeah. days I'll just type in surrogacy see what comes up and then just all of these groups came up um 
and I started, I just got lost down this rabbit hole of this mm. surrogacy world that I had no idea existed. And just that was the sort of my first introduction to independent surrogacy. And right. that you could, that yes, it's illegal to advertise for a surrogate, but but there are sort of ways of matching and finding each other mm. without, you know, putting it on a billboard out in your local sort of. Is, is, is there a real disparity in the, in the supply and demand? Like, yeah. are there not enough surrogates yeah i guess yeah there's always there's always a lot more i do um, what... yeah i do think it takes somebody extremely special to want to be able to um be a surrogate you know yeah. it must you know it's a lot to go through isn't yeah. it yeah god that's amazing that's amazing that um that anyway that you you decided to go down this journey was um was I was about to say, was titty gritty ever an option? Why? Honestly, my brain is mashed today. Was adoption ever an option? Or would that have been something that you would have considered had the surrogacy not worked out? I think, yeah, it was. So it was an option. It's still at the back of my mind is an option if we wanted to go, if we wanted to go um, sort of down that sort of parenting route again. Um, mm. We've got two little girls at the moment um, and you know they're keeping us quite busy so it's not something at the moment that we yeah. would, that that we're sort of considering in the immediate future but it is something that's still an option um yeah. but just initially i guess you know if, i think most of us it, it would probably be fair to say i've got that innate sense that you want you know you look at your partner and you think oh i wonder what yeah. i wonder what a baby made by us would be like yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know, you like, I love my husband to bits and was just, I think I had no idea about parenting and fertility and all the different options of families at that point. The only types of families that I knew about were those that had surrounded me, you know, in my life, which were all just normal, not mm. so normal, just the sort of, you know, biological family. That's all I'd ever known. Um, mm. And so the other options just didn't even come up on my radar. Again, mm. like the surrogacy, I, we, we sort of like stumbled into that and it was a world mm. that I had absolutely no idea existed. Mm. So it's, it, you know, being now part of this fertility space and hearing just, you know, so many wonderful stories and watching Krina become a mum again, using um, donor eggs, just has really opened my eyes to, I guess, all the different types mm. of families that... We are still out there and would have been out there had surrogacy not worked out. Um, yeah. But so initially, tell, it was just, me, it was just that we already the, had. Tell me about the actual surrogacy part. So how did you find your match? So I, I guess the thing, the only thing that I could probably relate it to, to somebody who sort of isn't immersed in that world is a little bit like dating. Um, so there's just some people you get on with and you just feel right. like a bit of a connection. Um, yeah. You have to, you have to talk to maybe quite a few people before you feel that. So, but they're again, a bit like dating There's a bit of an etiquette. So it's how many people can I talk to at the same time um, and be sort of getting to know before it becomes exclusive. And when, you know, at what point oh do you God. say, yeah. you know, can you be my surrogate? Just like you would sort of, you know, maybe say, uh, are, we yeah. are we together? Are we, are we, are we matched? Are we, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we coupling up? Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. So, 
so you found, so you sort of created a, a connection with somebody. Did she live in this country or? Yes, so Gina um, lives in Kent, which is, uh, it was a really nice distance. It was about an hour's drive away. She was probably the fourth person I think I'd spoken to that I'd met through the groups on um, Facebook. And she messaged me and it was just actually after I was recovering from um, another operation where they'd left a little bit of ovary inside of me. Um, so I was recovering from that and I got this text message just saying, hi i'm gina i'm um i've just joined the groups i'd like to introduce myself how how are you doing and from i mean from that we just started chatting it's quite intense again a little bit like dating at the beginning really intense like messaging every day we then met up um we sort of got to the point where we felt like can we introduce each other to each other's families so oh gosh it gets really involved then yeah I mean, are we, I remember me and Mark going round to a barbecue at her parents' house oh and her God. parents were there, her, her best friends were there and just really feeling like the pressure of, I hope they all like us. I hope they feel yeah. like we're worthy of, her, of the risk that she's taking, of the investment that she's making because six months ago we didn't know this person. So, yeah. you know, that was a, a lot of pressure. Do you think she was feeling the pressure as well or was she quite relaxed would you say she is yeah she's I mean she's super relaxed super laid back a bit like myself but I think probably deep deep down you know you want I, I guess you, you you want this to work you want this relationship to to work I think perhaps the biggest pressure for her came at the point of like transfers when you'd gone got to the point of you know, we're, we're now in this, we're in the clinic and now we're going to put our embryo inside you and hope that it sticks. I think yeah. that was probably the, that's the, for her when the biggest pressure yeah, came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine what that's like. Is that a painful procedure or is that not? Um, as far as I'm aware, no. Um, right. I was I was there for the second transfer and it was yeah. which was the, the, the most bizarre experience yeah. when um, sort of Gina's there in the stirrups and the, mm. the the nurse comes out or the embryologist comes out literally holding in a pipette the embryo oh my and, God. And, and at one point I think she had her hand underneath it and I was thinking what's that hand going to do? <laughs> Let's say it drops out, which hopefully it doesn't. What are you going to do with that? Like, scoop it back up and put it back in. But, I mean, the whole thing is just incredible because she's sort of there with the stirrups. The embryo's coming across in this little pipette. And um, you in the room with her? And I'm in, the, yeah, I was in the room at that point with her. Um, and... Yeah, was Mark they just... in there with you as well? No, Mark was not in there. Yeah, Mark, Mark was not in there for that point. He was in there for the birth. Oh my God, really? Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. Wow. So, so, so back up. So sort of turkey basting, all that bit's done. Yeah. And then you find out what, in one take one day that, that she's pregnant, that Jean is, it's taken and she's carrying a baby. So the first transfer didn't work. Right. Um, and I think that was probably, that was possibly the biggest disappointment just because I think 
in that in that point you've gone through this roller coaster of your world literally falling apart yeah and then suddenly you're up you're back on the up again and you found yeah. this amazing woman and this amazing family and you're ready with your embryos i mean we were on we were on holiday at the time of the first transfer we got really excited when they rang us and said shall we put in two and we were just like oh my goodness you know we've gone from the point of never thinking we can have children we might have two at the same time yes let's just put two in and it just I, I, I think we were all very much overcome with emotion it was my birthday wow. and I remember just thinking everything's oh. going to come together and and we're gonna and then I remember getting a text um we were just we I think we were at Disney World or something like that and we were just lining up to get on this ride and just saying you know I'm really sorry it hasn't it hasn't like happened this time right. And it's just, you just, yeah, you just feel really deflated at that point. Just, yeah, I can imagine. Um, you felt up until that point that everything was aligning and then, it, and then it just doesn't. So, but we knew that just because, you know, IVF is not an exact science and just because it, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't, just because you're sort of doing it in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of a lab effectively, it doesn't necessarily mm. mean it's going gonna, it's gonna to work the body's still got to yeah. accept it. The embryo's still got to be, um, you know, able to sort of grow in that sort of environment yeah. and be viable. So there's so many things that are still sort of down to a bit of a lottery. Mm. So we, we, so then we didn't, the, the second time, um, that was the time um, we went sort of straight away, like second cycle, we went straight away um, and went again. And then that didn't work. Um, and again, I just remember thinking, oh, it's just, just going to, we've, you know, we've gone through all of this. And yeah, it, how, how many it, times can you go through that yeah. emotion of, yeah. Yeah. And how many, and how much I didn't, you know, I didn't want, I knew the pressure this, it was putting on Gina as well. Um, and it just, that, that's an enormous pressure you know it's not just yeah. it's not just yourself it's yeah it, you, you know you're doing this you're carrying the weight of of, mm. of another family's expectations on your shoulders God, yeah and and how long do you have to wait in between each attempt of um oh i don't know what the word is yeah, so the, the transfer so we went transfer, through yeah. Like, yeah we went through natural cycles um right rather than sort of medicated cycles and so it basically was just sort of each like the sort of the however long the, the cycle was so it was like the 28 days then we went right. we went again with the second one and then after that we decided to have a little bit of a break and I think we skipped the cycle um and I remember um it was really funny because Robert Winston the um uh Lord Robert Winston actually was doing a talk at the school that I taught in and I remember him coming off the stage to having doing this amazing talk to hundreds of people and I just like literally broke down in front of this oh, you know, Lord God, Robert really? Winston just, oh, wow. like, I'm going for IVF and it just hasn't worked and it's been two times and you know is it ever gonna work and I remember him just being like he, he was just the loveliest man because oh, he God. just said you know the average is three times keep on going with it you'll get there eventually um and after that I just felt a lot calmer and we went third time and third time was lucky oh. and yeah it was just it was just amazing really was amazing and we got that when Did I you was get, 
how did you how did they tell you was it a text or did they did you get a phone call or what happened so Jean had sent sent a text of um a pregnancy um stick with just the words pregnant on it and the sort of the little lines showing up and little stars and everything and I was having my Sunday dinner and Mark was actually outside and I said and I was like, oh, have you told, you know, have you told Ellie, like, who was a daughter, have you told Ian and everything? And she's just like, just go outside and tell Mark, just tell Mark and like, oh. come back and tell me what he said. Oh. And then we, I ran outside and told Mark and Mark sort of, I think, throughout the whole pregnancy was very much like, until Cautious. the child is here. <laughs> Let's not get too excited. We've, yeah, yeah. we've gone through, we've gone through some really difficult couple of years, you know, until... Yeah. Evelyn was there. I don't think he quite believed that she was. Wow. He was ever going to arrive. So Evelyn was born. Yeah. So it was a single. So it was a singleton. Yes. We actually ah. put in. We put into that time. Yeah. Um, the first took. scan at seven weeks showed there was two that had taken, but one hadn't developed a heartbeat. Right. Um, and then they said, you know, in the next few weeks, you might get, you might experience a bleed. Um, right. and uh, Gina did and we went and had a scan and it just showed that there was now one, one. that was very healthy and the other one wasn't um, you know wasn't there anymore um, and then but then everything sort of went well, really well after that um, wow yeah, it was just it was amazing we got little bump pics every week from Gina so oh. she'd take a picture just and send it to me every Sunday morning just saying oh. you know the size of her tummy and I bet you couldn't wait for those the... pictures to come through, could you? Yeah, well, the worst thing was when you when you get them for a few Sundays, then if you know if it wasn't there by lunchtime, I'd be thinking, why, why isn't the what's picture happened? there? What's, what's happened? And it usually was just like, you know, she's out having dinner while she wasn't just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. She hadn't got round to sending it. Oh, bless. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. It was nice to be able to then share that as well with, with family and, and friends as well. Just be, yeah, definitely. And, and say this is where we are. And it and... sort of makes you feel like you're on the journey a little bit as well, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So then did you go on then to have a second? We did. So um, With Gina? With Gina, yeah. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, I mean, Gina's a sibling. She's got three children of her own, so it was always you know made it clear from the beginning that as, as long as everything went well um and we was we were up for it then they would try um for a sibling oh, for wow. us so yeah it was just i mean and it was quite and it was funny because we had we sort of had like one one what we thought was a good embryo left and then yeah. some that had been defrosted at the same time as evelyn um transfer and they rang me and said, um, the one that's left, it, it's not great quality. We're going we're gonna to discard it. And I was like, no, don't discard it. Like, we've, we've got one other one left and then this one. Um, and they were like, well, yeah, but there's not very much chance of this ever, you know, being that, like, ever surviving. And I just said, look, but yeah, but it's a chance. And mm. other than that, there's, there's not a lot left. And so they, they refroze that one. And I'm a hundred percent sure that that one is now grace who is with us oh, you know, wow. today thank, so. thank goodness that you sort of stuck your neck out and yeah and well i just that. think they probably have so many people through that are doing ivf and then and can go ahead can go again yeah um i don't think that necessarily there was that that much joined up te 
talking but like thinking mm. between the embryologist and then the nurse and yeah. the, you know all of that so I don't think they were particularly aware of the situation that we were in mm. um so yeah I mean it was it was amazing that they that in the end you know I was lucky to take that phone call and say make mm. sure that you you save that and then mm. that they basically was they put in two but eventually they said that that was actually the best quality one and it was the other one that wasn't wow. great so they ended up putting in two but they said you know the other one we wouldn't have actually ever transferred so they put mm. in two that time but um and luckily it was first go that that transfer and it worked and, wow one take wonder on that yeah one. so that was and that was grace so you've got evelyn and grace how old are yeah. they now um evelyn has just turned five oh. and grace is two and a half oh wow so you're busy a bit like yeah. Karina. um <laughs> now i know that alongside Karina, you started a podcast called the intended yes. parents so yes. why did you think that that was a good idea so i think we were sort of we were both we were both writing a blog at the time um, so we um, we both do that. Um, neither of us are particularly good at actually <laughs> keeping that up. Um, it is quite it has been quite busy, um, but <laughs> I think because of that, we, we I think we we met each other again through the group as well, the the Facebook groups, and I think we were both just really passionate about putting the story out there and mm. the fact that this world of independent surrogacy just I don't, I don't think a lot of people knew existed um for both of us i think we talk about at the beginning of the podcast how we we knew celebrities that had done it or we knew yeah. all celebrities that had done it we'd seen it on friends Karina, um, i know she talks about coronation street mm -hmm. and so it just felt like it was something that just wasn't you know it wasn't available for just a normal yeah. girl next door and so we just wanted to make sure that that information was out there so we just thought you know what let's just let's just for anybody who's out there just chat about our experiences mm. and the so, way we went through it so you have different guests on the podcast so season yeah so it's basically season one was like a sort of a handbook so mm -hmm. season one was very much every episode was how do you find a surrogate um how like what what does a surrogacy agreement look like what does the pregnancy look like how does the birth work also each episode in season one was very much like looking into real detail of, of mm -hmm. all the different parts of that surrogacy journey and then in season two we were just we were lucky enough to get um uh sponsorship from Macmillan, wow. and that then became um more of a sort of like let's talk to the people who you know all of the other people who were part of these surrogacy journeys so we the first girl that we interviewed g was amazing so she's 22 and she was born um like from a surrogate um right. and so it was just i think both of us throughout the episode were just in tears because it was it, we, we it was just like feeling that this is perhaps one day hopefully that you know how our girls will talk yeah. about it well our girls will think about it and yeah being as boys now um so it was just amazing to sort of talk to her and then the surrogates the surrogates children mm. um people who are sort of considering surrogacy um we talked to um a couple who um did it a couple one girl who did it for her best friend 
people who are sort of considering it as an option. Um, we've talked to an agency, a new agency um, that's just started. And so, yeah, just getting lots and lots of different people's points of views and mm. um, stories and journeys. It's just really interesting to listen to. And we're hoping to go again and do again more stories and just because everyone's got, you know, got a different yeah. one. It's sort of demystifying it all as well yeah. a little bit and making it feel relatable and that any if you guys can do it, anybody can kind of do it. Yeah. So and that was not, that was the idea, yeah. So it's not necessarily cancer related then. So some people might have come through a cancer journey, but equally it might be people that, you know, have had fertility issues yeah. and it's um been another option for them yeah it's apps it's so interesting and and of course you have no regrets at all in taking the in the route that you did but it wasn't it's not an easy route is it no and i don't think um you know it's perhaps not for everybody um the one thing about sort of doing it um through the clinic like we did so even though it's independent surrogacy i think one of the misconceptions is you know if you go to america if you do it sort of commercially or um if you do it sort of commercially in, a, in, an, in another country there's going to be all these checks and balances that there's not if you do it in this country yeah. so if you do it in this country through a clinic you still have to go through counseling um there's right. still lots of checks and balances that need to be carried carried out mm. um so yeah you've got to make sure that that everybody's on the same page it was really important to to have the agreement um mm. so that you could talk through all of the different scenarios mm. and and make mm. sure again that you're on the same page um i mean that we did it again independently but there's but if you go through there's lots of sort of agencies in the country that have I guess like a range of different uh, options depending on the sort of person you are. I mean, I always mm. sort of say crudely, it's a little bit like when you go and book a holiday and we, me and Mark are very much like, let's just do it all ourselves. We want to be in complete control. So I want to make yeah. sure that I'm getting the, the, the best deal on the flight and then I'm going to go book my hotel separately yeah. and I'm going to get all of that. And, and I'm the sort of person that is quite happy to do that and to be that involved and to sort of organise that all mm -hmm. and to have those conversations. There's other people that just want their hand holding all the way through it. So a lot of the agencies will offer some really sort of like bespoke um help that they can give mm. that they can give people and so mm. they'll sort of you know help to match you mm. um with with somebody that they think you might be a good fit for and mm. they'll organize you, you know they'll organize and liaise with the clinics and and sort out all of the uh, any sort of leak like legal help you might require um, yeah so who covers who covers all the costs is anything available on the nhs or not so the first part that the egg collection was right um and then i had that done at um it was at a it was it was through the nhs but it was at a private nafield clinic um but it was that was through the nhs that bit was covered by the nhs but once once basically the eggs are collected that was then that was then it and anything that you sort of do afterwards was was mm. up to you in terms of sort of managing those costs so i guess i guess that's that would be an issue for lots and lots of people is you know is the financial side of it isn't it yeah i mean but then but then i do think a lot of the I, I guess on the groups that we that that were on on the facebook groups 
there's people from all different socioeconomic backgrounds. It's right, not okay. just, you know, I mean, myself and Mark, we're teachers. So we don't, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're professionals, but we don't have like sort of bundles and bundles of money. Yeah. We, we were supported by my parents, gave us, helped us out a little bit. And I would say, you know, if you're going down an IVF route anyway, and you're, you're going to do sort of multiple goals of that, mm. or, you know, yeah. like, it's, it's not, it, it wasn't out of this world, right? Um, okay. you know, astronomical. Mm. Um, I just so think I, it's amazing that, you know, everything that you've been through and then, you know, go through that and just the happy ending to it all is amazing. Are, are you still being scammed or not now? No, so I'm um, nearly eight years um, wow. now, sort of past. So pretty much up until about five years, right. I was I was there once every three months and then every six months. Um, and that was a weird feeling when you sort of, when you get to that five year point and then you go and you think, you know, <laughs> where's the... <laughs> where's the parade <laughs> i'm just gonna get back in my car and it feels like really <laughs> momentous and then and then it's like who do i ring now when i'm when i'm yeah. when i've got a, a twinge or yeah you know a random it's quite, scary. It's quite scary isn't it you it sort of is. feel a bit vulnerable don't you yeah yeah um but and i, but, I mean luckily the, the the team at the hospital where i'm at have been amazing and i'm definitely mm. one of the sort of more anxious people i think that uh, has had I think probably re um, related to the fact that I'm now sort of on HRT and, of the, mm. you know, the issues that that causes. Yeah. Um, you know, all of the different muscles and ligaments yeah. and everything that that's... So, you, you know, there are lots of aches and pains, but it's been brilliant. Yeah, whenever I've sort of been worried about anything, I've been able to get in touch and they'll get me back in and scan me. Yeah. Um, oh, I just think it's absolutely brilliant and, and, and amazing that you and Karina have set up the intended parent podcast i just think it's absolutely brilliant and uh, certainly shines a light on something that actually a lot of us don't know that much about and no I, I, don't, I don't think anyone does and, no. and unless you're actually in that world and i and i do think what was really important to us is that it's still not necessarily being handled particularly well by the media um mm. you know the, the things if i think about things on tv that have been have been on recently dramatizations or you know there's always it, there's always drama there's, it's always drama yeah. there's always things that go wrong the surrogate wants to keep the baby and you know yeah yeah, yeah. really cliche um and yeah that's and that sort of thing would put people off right yeah yeah and just think i mean for and and it's what's it's not necessarily just pe people who would perhaps um look to become parents that way but also potential surrogates who yeah. you know might think this is something that i could do but then watch something like that and then think do I want this sort of drama in my yeah. life? Um, or it might persuade somebody to do that because what a gift you'd be giving. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I really, really appreciate it. And Karina, I'm so sorry that we it didn't um, work out si uh, sound-wise. I'm not sure how we could do a three-way, but we will do it. We'll do it again another time for sure. And, thanks for um, having me on yeah no thank you and it's called the intended parent look them up Karina and Fran yes please do yeah thank you so much I massively appreciate it and thanks everybody That's for welcome. joining us uh, thank this you. evening and hope everyone can stay cool because I'm absolutely sweltering I don't no, know about I'm, you I'm going to open the door so again now. oh <laughs>
much. Have a lovely evening, everybody. Thanks Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 B